But it was the 35-year-old's advice for single women that got everyone talking. Check it out. Most women are trying to be the leader. That's mm-hmm. why you can't find a man. You can't be the king in the house. <laughs> Fall back and be the queen and let your man lead, lead the way. It's a generational curse. Mm-hmm. And how society have placed our men. Mm-hmm. And women have to, to, to stand up and be the mother and the father and the provider. And so then now you are so bad. You, so you can't be told nothing that when the right man come, you lose him because you're trying to be the, the man. I understand what she's saying in that in a relationship, it really works out better to me to be healthier when two people know their purpose and their roles in the relationship. So you know I'm coming to like, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna work because you're having a baby, so I'm gonna make sure to bring home some cheddar. You just help me get fed if if anything, or help me take care of the baby. But I don't think it's right to stay in traditional definitions of what the roles are. A king doesn't always have to lead. We have beautiful queens today that can lead the household. So just have a purpose and then know, yo, if I'm the one bringing in the money, taking care of the house, paying the house bills, you are my king to be there and support me and take care of the kids so that I have a home to come home to and feel refuge. I think it depends on the type of woman you are and the type of man you are. Mm -hmm. There are men out there that are alpha male. And if you are dating an alpha male and you don't like that, then you need to let him know up front and you need to know what you are getting yourself into. Do you see what I'm saying? Only because... I married an alpha male. I did. He <laughs> loves to lead. But guess what? I love seeing him lead. Yeah. I let him lead. That's the, that's the difference because I'm okay with that. But he also knows that he married a very strong, compassionate, and feisty black woman. And he loves seeing that too. So when I see like it's a little like push, pull, push, pull, I'm like, all right. I'll let you. Damn, I'll, I'll let Tam. you. I'll let you re- reserve the, you know, the the reservation. And then you guys have great sex after all good. the wrestling, huh? Absolutely. And I, sometimes I let him lead in that, and sometimes I leave. You ask a girl out, or you ask a girl to do something. And you ask her what she want to do, right? And she say, oh, I'm down for anything. I'm up for whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. This is not an invitation to go back and forth with her trying to like sneakily figure out what she wants to do. This is an invitation for you to pick up your ball sack and lead. You can't sit here and say, oh, we don't, we're not letting a man take the lead, this, that, and the third. But you're sitting in the same breath, you're saying... They're learning on the fly. So you're telling me you're expecting me to allow you to take the lead and you don't even know what you're doing. This week's episode is about to get real. Or whenever you want to tap into a superpower that will help you and everyone around you live a longer, healthier, happier life, smile. Yes, Love and Philosophy, episode 16. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, this week's episode, I don't know if you caught it with the you know, clips that were played at the beginning, but last week we spoke about the art of submission. And I got a question from one of my listeners, Colleen, and Colleen asked, but yes, Volo, why should men lead? And I said, ooh, I'm going to answer that question. And so you heard a bit of the clips that I kind of found on the internet, you know, trying to do a little bit of research, prepping for this topic. I mean, you know, there's the one guy who's talking about the fact that if you're going out on a date, you know, and the girl doesn't know what she wants to do, then that's your opportunity to lead. Then there's the other person who's talking about the fact that 
how am I supposed to let you lead if you're learning on the job? That's not a real thing. Come already knowing how to lead. And then there's the ladies of The Voice uh, reacting to what Fantasia says on uh, The Breakfast Club, where she says, you know, women want to lead, but in reality, you need to let your man lead. And they're like, nah, I don't think that that's the case. Um, and another one says, which blew my mind when she said it, she's like, I let him lead. And everybody like loses their shit. And they're just like, oh my God, yes. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> because it's like, it's like this weird mentality that you essentially run the entire relationship and you just let him play his part. You know, you give him permission to play that part, which is really strange to me. But anyway, this is that episode. We're going to try and answer the question, why should men lead? Stick with me. Okay, so first and foremost, the biggest disclaimer of all, this is talking about the relationship dynamic of man and woman in a traditional heterosexual relationship. Oaks, let's not get caught up in semantics, terms and whatnot. We're talking about the traditional dynamic. If you don't want to listen to the traditional dynamic only, then you can switch it off. But if you are keen to understand it from a traditional dynamic perspective, then let's go ahead and talk about it. Shop. Okay, so I asked the question to you guys on my Instagram and there was only really one person that answered and they said, there's no correct answer, just opinion. So I'm going to offer my opinion about this. So back in high school, I used to do debating. I was in the debate team. I was a third speaker because I wasn't that fond of research. But in debate, the first thing that you do is that you look at the question that you're offered and you break it down. Now, the question here is why should men lead? So let's break it down. Why should men lead? Let's start with the why should. In my life, I have over time found that there are certain words in my vocabulary that deserve to be retired. Literally, I think about a word, it no longer makes sense for me and my spiritual, psychological, emotional well-being, and I retire that word. There's a couple of them that exist. The main ones, though, are blame and fault. And then the third one is should. And the reason why I retired the word should is because what should happen in life? There's nothing really that should happen. We are alive and we shape it the way that we shape it. And so when you say you should have done this, you should have done that, I should be like this, I should, this should be like, it's like, no, it, it doesn't have to be that way. This is life and you create it to be what you want it to be. So the word should over here, I'm already like, skirt. no, there is no such thing as men should lead. The only things in life that should occur are those that are natural. The sun should set. The moon should rise. The, the waves should crash. You know, the seasons should pass. You know, all of those sorts of things, natural, natural things. But when you're talking about systems that are man-made, no, there's no such thing as should. Okay, so that's the first and most important element of all of this. Well, Volo, I feel like if there's no such thing as should, then the answer is basically that men shouldn't have to necessarily lead, and therefore this entire podcast episode is not necessary. Whilst that might be true, 
I'm going to hit you with something quickly. And that is going to look at a natural system that also informs whether or not men should lead. So I think the first thing that we need to acknowledge is the fact that this question is a debatable question today because of the advancements that the human race has made over however many years we've been around. There have been so many advancements, so much innovation, and we've built so many systems in the world that actually entertaining this conversation is a worthwhile endeavor. So the first thing I like to do when I think about these sorts of things is I like to take it all the way back before 1999 and everything, but actually to the first men. And I like to play out scenarios about how it is that we discovered a system such as men must lead. And in reality, all I think about is the fact that when the first men and women decided to have sex and then have children, they probably looked at a kid and thought to themselves, what the fuck is this? What am I supposed to do with this? And over time, you know, they started to recognize that, oh, this is who we are and this is how we began. Oh, okay, cool. And they began to learn how to care for a child and nurture a child, etc., etc. And so, that is the natural system. Man and woman come together, they have sex, woman gets pregnant, and a woman gives birth to a child. And in order for that child to live, a woman has to care for that child. And by that, I just mean take the child, put them on the teat, child latch, latches, and the child is now drinking milk to keep it alive, right? And to help it grow, a man can't do that. I remember I once said to somebody that the one of the things that I want to experience in life is there's actually two things that I really wanted to experience in life. One was to fly, fly a fighter jet uh, like they do in Top Gun. And the other one was the feeling and the sensation of being pregnant. But I know that I can never be pregnant. And so the only thing that I've le is left for me is to try and be like Tom Cruise one day. Okay? Men can't give birth and men can't feed a child from their own bodies. Women, on the other hand, that is what their bodies can do. That is a natural design. Again, guys, this isn't every woman, but in the, in the vast majority, that is their natural design, their natural biology. So natural design and natural biology aside... How is it that we are entertaining this conversation today? I think the reason why we're entertaining this conversation today is that there's been a great push to rebrand women as more than, more than a child bearer, more than a child caretaker, more than a woman that just stays at home and takes care of the family. You know, women can also be uh, C-suite holders, they can be sports stars, they can do anything that any man can do. That's been the great feminist push of the last, I don't know, 50 years, I guess. But here's the thing, guys. I was walking down the street in Parkview the one day, I just come back from coffee, and I was on my way to the car. And as I'm walking, I just see this troop of really young white kids. And I mean, Parkview's a white neighborhood, so I'm like, ah, eh, it is what it is. So just see these kids walking towards me. There must have been like several of them. And I looked at these kids and I thought, Ibo, like, where are your parents? And then I looked just behind them and I saw Abo Mama, black mothers, that judging by their uniform, their demeanor, and the way they were talking to each other, were the domestic workers for these children's parents. And so I stopped and I just, I watched this 
troop walk past me and these black mothers walk with these children. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. I don't think that the job of raising children and taking care of children has ever fallen outside of the responsibility of women. What I do believe is that it has fallen outside of the responsibility of women who can afford to hire another woman to take it on. You get me? It's never fallen outside of the responsibility of women. It has fallen outside of the responsibility of women who can afford to hire someone to take on the responsibility in their stead. And the reason I say that is just because, guys, where have you ever seen a family hire a man to raise their child from a baby up until the age of 16? But I bet you, you can point to many instances where that has always been a woman. And so for me, I look at that and I think, okay, so it's not necessarily that women can do all things. It's just that there is a subsection of women that wants the option to do all things. But there's other women that say, we will fulfill the traditional roles. And those traditional roles don't just extend to the children and caretaking of the children. In South Africa, when you have a domestic worker that also doubles up as a nanny, you have somebody that can also clean the household, make sure that the laundry is all done and the house runs in an orderly fashion. And if you make it part of her responsibilities, the domestic worker can also cook for you. And so you see that this person fulfills a massive, massive gap, but it's generally going to be a woman. I'm yet to find a household that runs like that and the caretaker, the domestic worker is a man. Yeah, guys, so this is the first interlude in this episode. Um, And I guess what I want to ask you is, do you think I'm being unfair with my observation? The observation of the fact that you know, women just want the option to not fulfill the role, but actually they're going to put another woman in there. Is this observation correct? Do you guys see something like this? Or are you like, nah, Volo, I think you're just conflating issues. You know, let me know what you think about it. All right, guys. So in this podcast, we've said it a million times. Relationships are there to grow you. That is the purpose of a relationship. It is there to grow you. But there's another purpose that relationships serve. Because, I mean, if you were just in a relationship to grow you, growth comes from discomfort. Mate, that would be very annoying to only be in a relationship for growth. So there's another element to relationships, and that is fulfillment. Relationships bring us fulfillment because they highlight and bring color into the world, right? That was otherwise dull when it was just us. But what is it that helps relationships work in such a manner that it helps us with fulfillment? And that is systems. A lot of people don't actually talk about it, but relationships are really just about curating systems that work for both people in a manner in which allows them to derive as much fulfillment from life as possible. Systems like When do we see the in-laws? How often do we go out on date night? What do we do about the kids in the morning? Who takes them to school? Who picks them up? You know, uh, what are we doing about our spiritual fulfillment? How much time do we spend together talking? These are all systems. And these are the things that one does within a relationship in order to derive as much fulfillment from life as possible. And I think that was really the motivation surrounding creating the system that men must lead 
from our ancestors' perspective. If the woman gave birth to the child and the child fed on the woman's breasts, you imagine that people looked at that and thought, okay, clearly that's your job. That's what you're meant to do is to raise this child and to grow this child. And if a man had nothing else to do, there would be no fulfillment for them. And so therefore it was like, no, dude, you need to go and do something also to derive fulfillment. But if it was just those two things, you you um, take care of the kids and you just bring back food and everything like that, the family unit would stay stagnant. They wouldn't go anywhere. And so you need to put the, the, the responsibility of pushing this family forward in order for it to grow, right? Uh, because you multiply and you need, you know, more land, more resources, etc. So you need to put that responsibility on somebody. Now, as we've said, if... If the woman is taking care of the kids and this family is multiplying, that responsibility is generally going to fall on the man. And that, I think, brings fulfillment. Now, women have their sets of responsibilities. They're not the same, right? Because they're complicated because women, of course, have to take primary responsibility for for having infants at least, but then also for caring for them. They're, They're structured differently than men for biological necessity, even if it's not a psychological issue, and it's also partly a psychological issue. Women know what they have to do. Men have to figure out what they have to do. And if they have nothing worth living for, then they stay Peter Pan. And why the hell not? Because the alternative to valued responsibility is impulsive, low-class pleasure. And you saw that in the Pinocchio story, right? That's Pleasure Island. It's like, well, why lift a load if there's nothing in it for you? That's another thing that we're doing to men that's a very bad idea. And to boys. It's like, you're pathological and oppressive. It's like, fine then, why the hell am I going to play? If that's the the situation, if I get no credit for bearing responsibility, you can bloody well be sure I'm not going to bear any. But then, you know, your life is useless and meaningless. And you're you're full of self-contempt and nihilism and... And that's not good. And so that's why I think, that's what I think is going on at a deeper level with regards to men needing this direction. A man has to decide that he's going to do something. He has to decide that. Now, a man has to decide that he's going to do something for the internal micro family, i.e. me, my wife, and my kids. The man has to still decide that he's going to do something because he has to show up in that relationship. And in that relationship, there can be any sort of systems that you want because it's only about you guys. So whatever works for you guys works for you guys, right? It is the micro. And we've spoken about this many times. So you can decide anything that you want. However, your relationship doesn't exist in isolation. Your relationship exists in a system of other relationships. And those relationships can be found in your friendships. They can be found, most importantly, in your family, your extended family, your professional life, and your social life as well. And I guess that's friendships, but, you know, your social life can be extended to more than just friendships. And so when we talk about relationships on a macro level, Your relationship, whilst it might have its own internal systems, needs to have systems that other relationships understand. Let me hit you with that again. 
as much as your relationship internally on the micro can have whatever systems you guys choose to agree upon, it needs to have systems that everybody else can understand. Part of those systems is having roles, clear and defined roles. Now, when you're talking about the traditional family, it is abundantly clear that there is only one person who has the role of bringing life into the world, and that is going to be the woman. And so everybody external of your relationship is going to believe that the system says she is responsible for the children, right? And the other part of it is that we are going to look at your man and think you are then responsible for leading this household because that's how it has been done traditionally. That makes sense. Now, you can change it on a macro level. It really can be changed to anything that we choose it to be changed to. However, there is a caveat. In order for it to be changed on a macro level, you need mass adoption. Mass adoption. Everybody needs to agree that we are adopting a new way of doing things and this way is now the new way. And in order for mass adoption to occur, an idea, a system has to be simple. Think about it in terms of like a workplace. Any workplace innovation that doesn't make sense gets rubbished and canned in two seconds. Like every, no, none of the employees understand it. We don't know how it works. It's very confusing, etc. Boom, it's canned. You see this so many times with like these new technological advancements that companies try and do. HR tries to introduce them. People don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It gets canned. That's the same with ideas and systems is that the more basic the system, the simpler it is to understand, the easier it is to adopt on a mass level. And I don't think there's ever been a system presented that was simple enough that was a change from the old system. Essentially, what I believe is that we are still operating within that old system. It's just that now we can afford to outsource a part of that to another woman. But the man's role still remains. And so externally of the people that are within the relationship, so the micro, the externally, which is the macro, everyone is still looking in at that relationship and is still seeing it from those traditional systems and is thus treating it as such. So why should men lead? It's because that's how we are seeing it. We are still seeing that women are responsible for the children because that's what they are, regardless of whether or not it's the actual mother of the children or she has outsourced it. It is still a woman. And we are then looking at men in the same traditional lens and saying, you, my friend, are responsible for leading this family. Okay? And there hasn't been a, a, a different suggestion that is simple enough for us to understand and adopt on a mass scale. My submission does not throw away or wipe out my independence. I am still Tory, even though I am submitted to my husband. And here's what submission looks like. If a decision has to be made, I am including you in the decision that has to be made and understanding that there is some responsibilities that come with you being my husband. And I know that when there is an accountability that has to be made for decisions concerning the Thomas family, it doesn't fall on me. It falls on him. The rise and fall of the Thomas family. So I gladly yield that.
Because I don't want them. Okay guys, so that marks the end of part one of the question, why should men lead? We've just dealt with the should and I guess the greatest systems at play. And in the next two parts, I want to talk about men specifically, because I think that men are generally misunderstood. And then also, let's talk about leadership. What does it mean to lead? I mean, earlier I played a clip of a dude talking about the fact that, you know, when it comes time to a date, you need to lead. Is that a real thing? Is that what leadership's actually about? Or is it about something more? All right, I'll see you guys on part two of Love and Philosophy, episode 16.